in a world where you have a totally awesome character that no one has ever seen and can't even imagine, there's Hero Forge. Hero Forge makes the character in your brain a character in your hand and on the table. Oh my god, it's Bugbear Grills! If you want an awesome Hero Forge mini, go to heroforge.com slash RPGbot. Do it, you nerd! Welcome to the RPGbot.quick start. This is the third part of our Quick Start and Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Today we'll be playing a short one-shot to highlight some key features of the Pathfinder 2nd Edition game. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kamstra. Hi, everybody. And Ash Eli. Who is Ash Eli? I Luli. <laughs> I, I suppose that's a good point. Character. Yeah. And so Ash has hopped into it. So Luli. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us about yourself. Mm. Luli is very educated goblin. Yes. Luli find, found a pocket watch. Oh, fuck. Very special pocket watch. Speaks, speaks knowledge of the universe to her. Luli can see through time itself. Bow down before Luli. <laughs> well, that is a special watch, isn't it? Indeed. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Gobjob, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Gobjob. <laughs> Look, the uh, the big bad of the first chapter of Rise of the Rune Lords is a goblin named Rip Nugget. This is entirely, entirely <laughs> accurate to the setting. Rip Nugget? Rip Nugget. Yeah. I, I wish I was kidding. Okay, uh, well, Gobjob's tame then. Good. <laughs> I am the mighty Gobjob, goblin fighter. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah, folks. Uh, so our goal today, we want to highlight some of the awesome stuff in Pathfinder 2. I think my expectation, at least, is a lot of folks are probably coming over from 5e. A lot of this is going to feel very comfortable. I think one of the biggest problems is actually it's so comfortable that you can miss the subtle places where, honestly, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is an awesome game. The mechanics are really helpful, uh, really make it clear both how to play, how to resolve issues, and... You know, both the blessing and the curse of Pathfinder 2, there is a rule for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Mathfinder. <laughs> so bear with, bear with me while I am learning this system. So <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that is worth saying. So for folks who have listened to the first two episodes of this, uh, we talked with Ash about kind of what makes Pathfinder 2 stand out, what sets it apart from other tabletop games. In the second episode, we built a character with Ash. We actually built Luli. Uh, and so for folks, you know, hearing Luli again, hearing it voice now, yeah, uh, we spent time. If, uh, if you haven't listened to those episodes and you're just now getting into Pathfinder 2, definitely worth going back and going into them. Uh, there will be a link in the show notes. All right, with that, are we ready to hop in? Definitely. All right, let's do it. You awaken on a packed, dirty floor. A circle of light casts sunlight onto your face. At first, you believe your head to be ringing, but quickly, you realize you hear the faint roar of a crowd overhead. You're surrounded by figures. As your eyes adjust to the waking world, you realize many of the figures are missing arms and legs and heads? 
<sighs> you realize they're simply statues. Welcome to the arena, a voice calls out. I'm your host, Andal Graves, and with me is this tiny hamster. He says, gesturing at a hamster in a cage. And can he fly? He says, pointing at a rooster perched on top of a hen house. <laughs> wow. What the hell? <laughs> the room is vast and feels like a warehouse. Andal is in a large cage, although you note his prison is quite spacious and appears to be fully furnished. All right, here's how this works. Once the roof finishes opening, you'll be fighting the Duke's great beast. I'm meant to explain to you the rules of the game, present you with three choices of items, which I will do momentarily. Uh, a bit of time goes by, the sky opens above us, then you die. We die? No, no, Luli doesn't die like this. I know when I die. Oh, well, I admire your confidence and I wish I had it for you. Mm. Uh, now, don't be fooled. Your time in the arena has already started. All right. Uh, are, do we have our gear? Are we armed? You are armed. You have your gear. Uh, you know, everything your first level characters uh, came with, you have. Apparently, you know, whoever has done this, the Duke is hoping you put on a good show. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, uh, I shout up to Andal. Bring me the small dog next to you. Uh, Give me the small furry creature. I will do <laughs> no such thing. Thank you very much. Ah, uh, uh, you're no fun. I'm, Give him I'm dog. A... Give him the dog. It's it's not a dog. It's a tiny hamster. I just said this. <laughs> I know nothing of dog breeds. Bring it to me, regardless. <laughs> well, Give him you... small dog. <laughs> if you notice. Uh, I am imprisoned here, and I cannot approach you. Although you are welcome to approach me if you'd like. I okay. too am trapped in a glass cage of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> you, oh. a little one, and as you approach, you see this grizzly dwarf with red matted hair. Uh, you can tell at one point uh, he kept like beautiful braids, but at this point, it's more like dread dreadnoughts of beard hair. Uh, and, and you can't help but notice the, you know, the, the fleck of lice here and there crawling around. The living quarters stink a bit as you approach. You're gross. Anyone tell you that? Oh, every time I get a visitor. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I, I don't offend them for long. I, do, you, do you kill them? I do not kill them. The Duke's Beast kills them. I am but the host. Uh, and he says that he waves his hands in circles. <laughs> but you're dirty and you serve a duke? Mm, something doesn't add up to me. Uh, well, it's a, um, an involuntary servitude, this job that I do. Ah, so I... <laughs> Look. Mm. What makes you so sure that you won't die here? Because I've seen how I die, and it's not like this. How did you see how you died? That's ridiculous. That seems like personal information. <laughs> We're not <laughs> friends yet. I, I lean over to Luli and whisper, have you seen how I die? Yes. Is it, is it good? Maybe, uh, maybe invest in uh, some better uh, supplements. Hmm? Yes. 
get ahead of that uh, that horrible bowel syndrome that you have <laughs> later on in life. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You said supplements, and I'm like, like the advanced players guide. <laughs> <laughs> I will turn to Andal. Andal, what can you tell us of the Duke's Beast? Uh, what knowledge can you recall about it? I'm restricted from telling you anything of use. Uh, unfortunate for you, um, I do. I do trade in favors. Uh, you know what? I'm going to attempt to, I'm going to attempt to coerce him using intimidation. All right. All right. So I'll roll a D20. Plus, oh. I got a 14. Okay. And so you're attempting to intimidate him to tell you something. Yes. Uh, what, what do you do to intimidate? Describe this for me. Uh, I'll, uh, wave a weapon at him vaguely. Sir, this weapon is not solely for slicing dogs. Uh, he picks up his hamster and holds it close and <laughs> takes a step back away from the, uh, the boundaries of the cage. And it's like, you can do me little harm in here. I think you should hold your threats, uh, for those above. Um, quick, he's giving us advice. Record this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I left my recorder in my other, uh, my other tunic. Yeah. So it is obvious what this one does with the sword and the threatening. Uh, how will you defend yourself in the arena, little one? I have pocket watch. Uh, pocket watch? Do you uh, sling it around your head? I just, I just here it is. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I touch it? No, you cannot touch it. Look with your eyes, not your hands. <laughs> God, I say that so many times a day. <laughs> I have young kids. <laughs> well, that is most unfortunate for them, given where you are now. <laughs> Lily didn't know you had kids. Ah, uh, yes. I have reached the ripe old goblin age of 14. You should probably start you should probably start thinking about your will and testament with those kids. <laughs> That's fine. I, I'll start writing will, and by the time I reach testament, I'll be dead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that seems right. And, and just as you say that, the circular opening in the roof begins to turn and open and dilate a little bit more. More light comes in, and you can now see the periphery of the chamber that you're in, where there are boxes stacked at every edge. Uh, it gives it very much a warehouse feel, uh, but as far as the eye can see in every direction there are these misfigured statues. Uh -oh. So I, su I suppose I should be telling you uh, about your options for items that you might be able to bring with you. Uh, I have uh, Dragon's Breath, a Potion of Quickness, and a Potion of Flying. Do, do we each get one? You each get one, but you must take the same one. And I think you should give a bit of thought before you choose which item you'd be taking. Wait, so we have, so we both have to take the same object. That is, is what that I just one? said. Yes. All right. So potion of quickness, potion of flying. I assume potion of dragon's dragon breath. breath. Potion of dragon's breath. Okay. Is there a check I can make to know what exactly a potion of quickness would do, like um, mechanically or? Yes. So I would take a crafting check or an arcana check. 
see. Where's Arcana? Oh, there it is. Okay, I'll do Arcana. And it's a plus five, looks like. Um, so that is uh that's not too bad. That's a twenty-one. Not too bad, not too bad indeed. Okay. I, I will tell you for all three of these, a a potion of quickness puts the effect of haste on you for a minute. And so basically and, you get one additional action per round, and you can use that action for the strike or stride action. Cool, cool. Then flying obviously gives you flying. Uh, correct. Yeah. Flying's and real a, good. But uh in so in Pathfinder 2E, you have to spend an action every turn on something related to flying, otherwise you fall. Oof. Yeah. Um what what class is your character, Tyler? I am a fighter. Okay. So would a potion of quickness be best for you then? Uh it would be really good for me. Um sure. it was flying quickness, what was the other one? Dragon's breath. Dragon's breath. Dragon's breath could also be good for you. Yeah. Because honestly, none of these are super great for me. Well, um, so an extra action could mean casting a second spell. I thought it. I thought it, you had to use it for stride or strike. Oh, he did say that, didn't he? Yeah. So okay. uh, that doesn't really help me as an oracle. <laughs> um, flying would be good for me, so I could stay mm-hmm. out of range. Dragon's breath also not amazing for me because I assume that it has a short range. I again, I suggest you do. Uh, a little bit of looking around before you make your choice, and in fact, I'm I'm going to hold these until the roof is almost open, and at that point, we'll we'll make your final choice. All right, strange, ratty man. Um, I will run over and look in one of those boxes that you mentioned. Okay, cool. Um, give me a moment. All right, cool. Uh, the the first wall that you approach, you pry open the box, and you find. A large crate of leathers. Uh, by by leathers, do you mean like leather armor or just like hides? Uh, hides. Okay. Uh, I I feel like I'm being baited here, so I'm going to use my tanning lore skill. Um, <laughs> what am I looking at here? I, I'm I'm going to use a uh, read aura. Does that allow me? Let me see what that does. One second. All right, well, he looks that up. I got a uh, 21 on tanning. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's what it does. What I thought it did. It's basically like detect magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it takes a minute to cast, though. Okay. Ah. Um, I'm going to answer the tanning lure question, and then we're going to come back and, and deal with the detect magic in a second. Sure. So, you notice that there's actually different types of leathers here. Uh, one of these is a simple goat hide, uh, something you love. Makes reasonable armor, not particularly strong reasonably warm, uh, very itchy and scratchy, and therefore reminds you of home. (laughs) Uh, Several of these are horsehide, a little bit thicker, a little bit stronger. Uh, And then the the thickest among them is some kind of water mammal hide. And you're actually not sure what kind, but you can tell by the suppleness of the surface that this is uh, some kind of water mammal. Hmm. Um, So it's alive? Or... <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just these are the leathers. It's the skin. Gotcha. Um, uh, so the way the verbiage on read aura, by the way, is when uh, you focus on a target object, opening your mind to perceive magical auras. When the casting is complete, you know whether that item is magical. And if it is, you learn the school of magic. It is not magical. None of these are magical. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right. I'm gonna pull out the uh, the waterproof or the I'm gonna pull out the water mammal hide, wrap it around myself, you know, get like tied around my neck like a cape. Make sure I've got a really tight seal. Okay. Mm. Oh well. Oh. <laughs> you, look, you look dapper. Oh, I feel mighty. Um. <laughs> Did what, I miss something? You, <laughs> Did I miss something? He, he's a tight seal, a water mammal. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Let the dad uh, jokes commence. Yeah. <laughs> They've already been prodding. Uh, and Handel calls us. Oh, what did uh, what did you find over there? Um, nice cape. Oh, yes. that's that is beautiful. Is is that seal? The musician or oh yes yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes, Luli wants to be kissed by a rose by him. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got a minus one in nature. It's entirely possible. I have no idea what a seal is. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, I also say, have a minus one in nature. <laughs> neither of us have ever been outside. Yeah, I am. Um, I, again, I'm I'm not allowed to give you hints, um, but I suppose I could tell you a little bit about myself if you're willing to listen. Um, Is this going to be you... long and boring? <laughs> you know what? Never mind. I don't want to share. All right, I'll go look in the other box. <laughs> tell us your story, friend. <laughs> While I dig through this box. Um, I... I was in love once, I suppose. It's the reason that I'm that I'm here. Uh my Was it the small dog? No judgment. Oh, oh no, no. The the small dog was al- you, almost as a, you, you a child love, for us. You're in love with a dog? No, I was not in love with a dog, and if I could get out of this cage right now, I would demonstrate to you the passion that I have or had for her. Uh, and as he says this, he uh, gestures Lily- Luli a, is aromantic, asexual, so I will pass. Uh, he, he acknowledges that and then gestures to a statue of a dwarf in the oh. room. Is how, how messed up is the dwarf statue? Uh, it's actually in really good shape. Okay. Uh, that feels I, like a good sign. I would consider it a... Um, a kind gesture, if you would grace her with that fine seal leather. Yeah, right, sure. I'll uh, untie the seal and, uh, like, like a cape or like a tablecloth, like what's the desired outcome here? A cape, a cape would be good. A cape would be good, okay. yeah. All right, I'll um, tie it like a cape. P- potentially protect her from, um, you know, what may come. to happen. You know, I feel yeah. like the tablecloth might be the uh, better option then. <laughs> no, no, this is this is fine. Uh, All right, yeah, that's her face. It's fine. <laughs> All right, <laughs> um, you know, I I appreciate it. Come closer. I'll let you pet my hamster. I that sounded I, really wrong when you said it that way. <laughs> All right, I, I introduce myself to Tiny Hamster and say hello, Tiny Hamster. This is very strange. <laughs> I see up close now that you are in fact not a dog, and I respect you for that. Um. Why don't you eat it? Um, I'm, I'm provided eat? real food, and he would provide very little nutrition, honestly. Um, I believe she was speaking to me. 
<laughs> Again, the hamster is retracted <laughs> back well within the cage. Oh, um. So, okay, I have to ask you, folks are you are you are you thinking about what you might be fighting at this point? All right. So we're metagame knowledge. There's a bunch of statues in here that are all messed up. So I'm gonna guess it's probably something that par- uh, sorry, something that petrifies things. So cockatrice, basilisk, Medusa. Gorgon. Yeah, but your nature's minus one. <laughs> That's true. In character, not a clue. Um, I can I make a nature check to see if I can figure it out, even though it's a minus one. So actually, I want to. We're going to do something a little bit different here. Okay. All right. More specifically, we're going to use recall knowledge here. So recall knowledge is an action you can take to do exactly that. Recall some knowledge about an object. For GMs, usually if you're using published material or if you're look, using, let's say, uh, monsters out of the bestiary, you'll find that oftentimes there are recommended recall knowledge skills. You can also take feats that improve the quality of your ability to recall knowledge. So in this case, what I will ask for is a arcana or nature check, and we're attempting to recall knowledge about beasts. Okay, I'll do arcana. Okay. And, and Tyler, I'll, I'll offer you the ability to also make a check. I will also go for Arcana because somehow I'm better at that. Is this one of those skills that you are that you do secretly or or no? Um, so I, I think that's up to the GM. Gotcha. Um, okay. Like um, you, can, you can retry it if you fail. Uh, and the, like this, the skill action itself says, like, here are consequences for failure or critical failure. But that's up to Rand. Up to him if he wants to roll it secretly. I, I love you rolled first and you're like, hey, wait a second. Should I have even done this? Yeah, what if I, I didn't. I, I just, for, I'm learning and I forgot. So <laughs> No, it's good. Uh, what uh, would you roll? 19. Uh, 19 Two. is great. So you do recall a particular creature that turns objects into stone. Uh, and you are thinking about uh, cockatrice. As you look around the room, you notice it's almost as if bits of stone have been knocked away. And famously, what a, a cockatrice will do is first petrify its victim, and then it will eat the warm, petrified flesh of the victim. Mm, we're dealing with big, nasty chicken. Ah. Uh. Uh, you you put this together, have you? Luli is smart. Luli sees through time. Kneel before Luli. All right. And then uh, did you roll? Did you also rec- roll a recall knowledge? I did. And I rolled a two. <laughs> He's just over there picking his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's another hamster. Uh, look, those things are small. Have you seen the teeth on them? Yeah. So big mean uh, chicken turns people to stone. Uh, now, so okay, w- one of the cool things with recall knowledge, so you have succeeded. Mm-hmm. You didn't critically succeed. Right. You are allowed, if you wanted to roll again, uh, and the recommendation to a GM is basically to raise the DC. And so if, if you wanted to roll again and try to get a little more info, I would raise the DC. If you got a crit success on that, I would kind of lay everything out for you. Okay. I'll do it again, sure. Okay, let's see what you get. Hmm, better. Uh, that's a 21. 
That is a 21. Okay. Um, I'll give you a little bit more information. So what you seem to recall is that the petrification doesn't happen instantly. That in fact, uh, first a creature becomes slowed a bit and then a bit more and then eventually succumbs to the multiple attacks from a cockatrice and becomes petrified. Would I know what, how one resists being petrified? Like if that is tied to like a, a specific save or something or, or no? Um, no. Okay. All right. So, so some mechanics knowledge. So, so the, the quickened condition and the slowed condition are opposite. So like they offset each other. So that potion of speed makes us quickened, which gives us one extra action. If we're slowed one, we lose an action. So those two offset each other. Yeah. So so maybe quickened potion would be good. Yeah. Um, of course, potion of flight means we can just stay out of its reach. It's a chicken. What's it going to do? Fly? It's fair, but I, I feel, no like, I feel like there's going to be a twist in this, so I think play it safe. Lily oh, wants to be fast. I, I will also say, stone. <laughs> uh, given, uh, yeah, given you had two successful recall knowledges, w- when uh, Gobjob makes the joke about, like, what is it going to do? Fly. You and me are like, yeah. They absolutely fly. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so I would know that. I would be like, you're an idiot. Of course it flies. It's a chicken. God's is my witness. I thought cockatrices couldn't fly. <laughs> uh, and, and just as you say that, uh, can he fly in the prison? Like, starts flapping at the top of the thing just to mock you. <laughs> you're kind of an ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go run over and check that other box before things get too far along. Okay. Um. All right. Ooh, my perception is bad. <laughs> oh no! I was hoping one of us would be good at it. Oh. You pry the box open and you find a repair kit and a kit of parts with uh, strings and weights and spikes, and you really can't make sense of what it is. All right, um, I'll grab the repair kit because I feel like I'm going to want that later from a shield. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of rifle around in the uh, like bits of other things until I find something that makes sense. I, I'm sure like I'm not going to figure this out in character. I'll probably just get snared on my clothes or something. Yeah. Any, uh, any healing potions or anything in here? No, nothing, nothing like that. Uh, Andal, uh, Andal my does. Hands. No, <laughs> the, the opposite, in fact. Uh, Andal, Andal calls out, "What, what did you find in that chest? Spikes? Uh, bring, uh, bring that bag over to me. All right. All right. Are you hurt? I don't think the spikes will help. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bring him the bag. Sure, why not? Oh, it's a, it's a snare kit. Mm. Um. Not, you know, uh, and then he, he makes like the rim shot and you put it in. Okay, not. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an audio medium. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you should go sit in the corner for a little while. <laughs> We're running out of time. And just as he says this, the <laughs> ring opens not all the way, but you can tell Uh-oh. that we are getting quite close. All right. Was there one more box? I can't remember. No, this is, this is all the boxes. Okay. Um, uh, I'll tell you, I can, um, I can show you how, and we could rig a, a few of these if you would like. You did me such a kindness. Yeah, I'm into that. Okay. And so he helps you rig 
two spike uh, snares. Oh, out onto nice. the floor. Okay. Uh, give me just a moment. I'm going to pop open archives of Nethys and I'm going to pull up the stats for those. So Ash, um, spikes or snares are basically temporary portable traps. Dope. Yeah. So a spike snare. Um, let's see. Uh, this basic snare consists of hidden spikes that rely on a creature's momentum to lacerate or potentially impale it as it enters the snare square, dealing 2d8 piercing damage. Creature must attempt a DC 17 basic reflex saving throw. Um, so if you look at stats on things, especially spells, you'll see basic saving throw on a lot of them. That just means uh, basically save for half, critical success, no damage, critical failure, double damage. Okay. Yeah. So that like fireball is a basic save. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you'll remember from the first art episode that we did in this arc in PF2, you have three basic saving throw types. You have fortitude, which you might align and say, okay, that's going to be like my strength or my constitution style. You have reflex. Constitution style? Yeah. The constitution save? <laughs> yeah, but like in the style of... Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> they're, they're analogous. That's all I'm saying. You have will, which is like your intelligence wisdom saves would a lot of times map into will. And then you have your reflex save where you would think that I don't know, dex? Yeah. yeah, if it would be a dex save, it's there. Yeah, like Fireball is a, dex, a dexterity save in 5e, reflex save in PF2. So it, it's the same saves that they have in uh, PF1, D&D 3.5, so if you're familiar with either of those, it's exactly... Words are hard. If you're familiar with either of those editions, it's the exact same thing. Okay. All right, so cool. So what have we done? Uh, have you officially selected your potions? Yes. I think we landed on Quicken. Yeah. Okay. Potion of speed. All right. So you're given the uh, two potions of quickening. Quickness. Two potions mm -hmm. of quickness. Yes. Um, you have two snare traps set, gifted to you out of the kindness that you've shown his petrified loved one. Uh, you have no hamsters in your equipment. A tragedy. What am I going to throw at their eyes? Uh <laughs> all right that's a bit uh, of a crossover yeah. <laughs> all right so i i'm thinking we lay down the spike traps in basically just one right behind the other and i'll just act as bait and hope for the best okay sounds good <laughs> cool. i'll be back here if you get hurt i heal okay all right so so here's my plan I, i'm gonna lay out an imaginary line for you randall it's gonna be spike snare spike snare me statue of this guy's dwarf girlfriend perfect okay i i understand what that line looks like okay and then for folks at home i will say i think pathfinder 2 is a fantastic game to play on a grid because we're doing this as a podcast it's audio format we decided to not lay down a grid because otherwise it's the whole it's like well i move from here to there and like yeah yeah that's uh <laughs> so we're gonna do this in theater of the mind uh 100 i think every time i've ever played pathfinder we've absolutely laid down a battle grid all right, I lay down the battle grid in social situations. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not kidding. Uh, it's really weird signing contracts with him. But anyway, okay, <laughs> yeah, the dome finishes opening, and you can finally see them. You're in an arena. The bleachers go as far as the eye can see. It seems that tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, have come to watch 
this fight. The sun pours in, a bit of a mist floats amongst the statues around you, and all of a sudden you hear the call, the shrill cackle of the cockatrice. Oh boy. Okay. Um, can we look around for it? Uh, yeah, so you, you look in the direction of the sound and you see actually a, a great lift. And when the great lifts, the bird comes out and begins swinging its head around wildly, looking for a fresh prey to fight. And Hello. then it lands. <laughs> <laughs> and that does it. It, uh, it sees you. So let's roll initiative. You'll notice set aside on your character sheet, not under the skills list, is perception. So yeah. perception is typically what we're going to use to roll initiative. Uh, perception's useful on its own right for lots of other things. Technically, perception doesn't have to be the modifier you use for initiative. A great example is uh, if you were using stealth, you were sneaking along, you might actually use your stealth skill to roll initiative in cases. In this case, we're just going to roll a simple initiative check using perception. Okay. Oh, nice. 19. I'm rolling really well. Nice. Uh, I am not. Uh, that is a natural one. So five. <laughs> well, at least one of us is really well. Yeah, it's fine. You can't critically fail initiative. So I feel like this proves something to me because whenever I'm playing d and I always roll in this. Uh-huh. this like dice tray and I've been rolling like real bad, but I haven't been doing that. I've been rolling it on the table and I've been really better. <laughs> so I think this dice tray is cursed. Could That's be. probably what it is. Yeah. Look, just use that one when you DM. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> be, be kind, everybody. Although, in that case, you're just going to roll straight 20 dice. Eh. Okay. All right. Uh, Lulu, there is a giant murder bird. What will you do? <clears throat> okay. I'm going to... How far away is it? Uh, it is 40 feet away. Okay. Let me see what the range on this is okay so i guess i'll stride 10 feet and then i'm going to use my focus spell temporal distortion on it which uh it needs to make a will save all right dc 17 uh 12 so it fails cool so let me roll a d4 and i'll tell you what happens Okay, um, that is a one, so it becomes clumsy as nice. uh, I try to pass over my curse, part, uh, part of my temporal curse over to it. And so when I use a focus spell, that increases my curse effect, right? Yes, for the oracle, yeah. Okay, so let's see. So for my oracle curse, minor curse, as you draw. Okay, so I'm enfeebled one. And I take a minus two penalty to saving throws against effects that would make me fatigued or slowed. Oof, that's gonna oh. be bad. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't think about. I already said it, so we're doing so it. So we're going with it. That you might want to drink that, that potion. That is unfortunate. <laughs> is it an, okay? Is it an action to drink a potion? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I will then uh, cast shield on myself. Or no, no, and then, no. Because I already asked the question. Yes. So you you strided. That was an action. The yeah. spell that you cast was it a two action spell or it's a one a, action? It's a spell? one action. It's a one action spell. Uh, awesome. So okay. I still have one action. I was going to shield, but I'm going to drink the potion instead. Mm-hmm. All right. And Which now you are another action. Oh, I have another action. Which no. you could stride or strike oh. with. 
Oh yeah, because enfeebled doesn't affect my actions. It just mm-hmm. okay. So then, um, uh, uh, then I will cast shield on myself. All right, cool, awesome. All right, it is now the cockatrice's turn, uh, and it sees two pieces of bait. Where are you in all of this, Lilo? Uh, closest to the trap that we set up. Okay, so I, what I heard previously is we've got trap, trap, gob job. Dwarf statue. Okay. Uh, I would be as close to gob job as I could. All right, cool. So it is going to charge gob job. Uh, and it is, it is going to trigger the first trap. What was the saving throw that it needed to make? Reflex? Yes, a basic reflex save. DC okay, but it, 17. But it is clumsy one. And so yes. it's going to take a status penalty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rolled a natural one. Uh, so a ah. critical failure oh. on that trap. Oof. How much damage okay. does that do? Uh, it's going to take uh, double 2d8. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll that damage for me. All right. Uh, I got 10 total. So double that to 20. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Off to a great start. Haven't even taken a turn. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So. First action triggered the trap, uh, and it it is going to kind of hop a bit and like, rah, rah, rah. Uh, and then it is now going to stride up to gob job, like so directly two over actions. the other trap, or no, it it uh, like it goes around exactly. Shuffled. Okay, um, <laughs> and so having strode up to gob job, that is technically its third action because the dancing around was. Another stride. Sure. Okay, then. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, we are on to Gob Job. Okay. Uh, well, I had this whole elaborate plan if I beat... <laughs> yeah, the whole elaborate plan if I hit it, or if I beat it on initiative, but uh, that didn't work out with that natural one I rolled. So, okay, so if you're coming from 5e and you're used to fighters being boring, I'm going to do some stuff. All I'm right, excited. so first thing I'm... So first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to drink that potion. So I'm quickened. So I have, I once again have three actions after spending one of my three. Second action, I'm going to pick up my dog slicer. Uh, So that's two actions. My third action, I'm going to faint. So I make a deception check against the target's perception DC. I got an 18. Uh, Meets it beats. Correct. Okay. What were you rolling? It was. Uh, So I'm using the faint action. It's a deception check. And if I succeed, yeah, if it, if I succeed, the target is flat footed against my next attack. Uh, So now that it's flat footed, um, I'm going to stab it with my dog slicer. Right. And I've got a plus nine to hit there. Um, a 21 total. Uh, that sure hits. Okay. And I'll roll for damage. Um, well, I rolled a one on damage, so three damage, uh, but it's flat footed. So, uh, my dog slicer has the backstabber trait. So I get an extra point of damage because it's flat footed. So four total. All right. That is super effective. Yeah. And any chance that it was a critical success 21 when it's flat footed? It was not a critical success. No. Okay. I can dream. Yeah. And to, to get a critical success, we're looking at plus 10 over the. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> all right that's it for me 
All right, Lilu, we are back to you. Okay. How's it looking? You know, I think that trap did more damage than anything else that's happened, which numerically, <laughs> I think you're well aware of that. Uh, when all of this is happening, like there's both jeers coming from the crowd, like boo, boo. But then some folks are like, yeah. Uh, when Gob Job landed that strike, like honestly, it wasn't super impactful, but it looked cool, like the whole feint and stab. And so everybody in the crowd is like, yeah, goblin, goblin. all right how about it um i'm going to cast harm on it i'm going to do the two action version so fortitude save dc all right all right roll to 12 okay so it's going to take um a d8 this is a d8 this i think this is it yeah that's a d8 um all right so six plus eight sorry uh 14 14 damage to it 14 damage that is significant okay all right you have one action left anything you want to do do have one action left and shield only lasts around right correct that's right so i'm just gonna re-up shield okay makes sense all right, we're back to the cockatrice. The cockatrice is standing next to Gobjob and is going to essentially. Oh. Oh, Sorry, uh, I did have uh, that extraction from Quicken, though, right? Uh, you sure did, yeah. To stride or stuff. So I'm going to stride over to right next to Gobjob in case they get hurt. Okay. Like. But between, I'm going to put Gob Job between me and the cockatrice. Smart choice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Uh, yeah, great choices. Like, are you just going to go stand next to him? Because at that point, it's easy meals. <laughs> no, 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 All no, right. No. In my head, I was thinking that the cockatrice is on its left side. I wanted to be on its right mm-hmm. side, but I realized I don't know how that how it's working right now. It's hard oh. doing my, my theater of the mind. So whatever yeah. gets gob job between me and it is what <laughs> it, I want. It's doable, and and, it, and let's mm-hmm. consider it done. Okay, so cool. uh, the cockatrice is going to beak at gob job. Does a 23 hit? Uh, oh boy, yes, it does. Is it a crit? It is not, but it definitely hits me. Okay. I was hoping you were going to stop at 20, and then you just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so let's roll damage first. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, oh. Okay, you'll take six it. damage. Okay. And now, will you make me a fortitude save? I sure will. All right. Uh, that is a 24. Wow. Okay. Uh, you save. Um, <sighs> okay. It is then yeah. going to <laughs> once again attack you, and it will take the minus five penalty, the uh, multi-attack penalty, because it's already attacked once. All right. Does a 20 hit? Uh, yes, just barely. Okay. Um, (laughs) You will take three damage. Okay. And make me that fortitude saving throw again. Okay. Uh, So next time, I oh uh, an eleven. Um. So (laughs) okay. I apologize if this is not how this works, but can I use delay consequence here 
it does say that the trigger has to be the attack, so I don't know if I can wait until I see the effects of the damage before I can trigger it, or if I have to declare it if it hits. I I think you probably if if the trigger is the attack, I think you would have to say it as the attack happens. All right, never mind then. Okay. Sucks. Um. So you you rolled an eleven. You said. I sure did. Okay. Well, the great news is that's not a critical failure. Oh. oh. Okay. That's- so. You are now slowed one. Uh, I don't feel so good. So you're both slowed one and quickened one. You have three actions. Uh, everything is great. Uh, and then the creature is once again going to beak you, now taking uh, a minus 10 because of the multi-attack penalty. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so they're really good or really bad. <laughs> yeah. The suspense is killing me. I know. Uh, twenty-two to hit. Oh, man, uh, I'm really? gonna de- I'm gonna delay consequence. On yeah, that. thank you. <laughs> uh, it is gonna increase my curse, but uh, yeah. So for the next round, uh, no damage is applied. Any effects of the hit are also not applied. Okay, but then are they applied the next round? Is the that next the next round? That- yeah, the next round. Okay, so go ahead and make that fortitude saving throw for me. Okay. Uh, twenty-four. Oh, you saved. Okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. Boy. All right. And just to set it aside, okay, so we're looking at so six let me, damage let me see. When, when it comes back around. Okay. How are you doing uh, on health there, bud? I, I'm, at, I'm at nine out of 18. Okay. 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 I'm like, going to heal you. I'm, I'm going to raise a shield next time. <laughs> I thought, you know, I've got reactive shield. Like, if my AC needs to go up a little bit, but you just kept rolling over 20. All right, uh, gob job or not gob job? Excuse me. No, it is gob job. It's your turn. Okay. Uh, cool. Yeah. Very uh, cool. Okay. So when that blow landed on you, the crowd, like you know, all of a sudden a bit of hissing started like rolling out, just like. So actually, <laughs> some cool stuff happens to me when I get to moderate curse. Would you like to hear it? I would. So, I would love that. Actually, see. yeah. Uh, so the value of my enfeebled condition increases to two. And the penalty from my minor curse increases to minus three, but my status bonus to AC to AC against attacks made at you from reactions or free actions while you're moving increases to a plus two. In addition, spells affecting you last less time. Their duration is reduced to half to a minimum of one round. This doesn't reduce the spell's duration for other targets affected by the same spell. Finally, all non-permanent conditions affecting you that have a duration measured in rounds, minutes, or hours have their duration reduced by half to a minimum of one round. Any afflictions such as poisons, diseases, and curses affecting you have their maximum duration onset time and time for each stage reduced by half. And there's a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, that's the basic gist. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so, so now you have four rounds of quickened left. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. You're literally just but, moving through time twice as fast. As yeah, the next I mean, time. basically, what happens, uh, what you see is Luli just is, is like sort of zipping in and out of existence a little bit. It's just like phasing out of reality. That's kind of because she's basically unstuck in time, essentially. Mm. Uh, this is fine. She does this on a regular basis. She does. Yes. Uh, she's like. <laughs> she's like. Don't wear it. Lil, fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. right, Time to do gob job things. Yes. Oh, is it your turn or is it my turn? No, it's me. Uh, Wait. I'm at the bottom of the order. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait, I thought you already went, though, didn't you? No. No. 
Wait, no, I, it's let's see. I attacked it. Oh, that's right. I, 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 yeah, yeah, never mind. I cast yeah, harm. You, that's you right. hit it with harm. Yeah, that's good right. shot, by the way. Thank you. Uh, okay. Well, um, on the bright side, I am succeeding as bait. All right. So, <laughs> so one action, I'm going to raise a shield. So that lets me add my plus two circumstance bonus to AC from my shield. And then I can use the shield block reaction to reduce the damage from an attack, which I'd like that right now. All right, so I've got two actions left, and the question is, do I attack twice, or do I faint, attack once, and hope for the crit? Um, is it still clumsy from uh, the thing you did, the focus spell? Um, oh, good question. Let's see. Uh, temporal. Um, let's see. I think it, it is. Ra- uh, it doesn't say how long it lasts. I, I think it is still clumsy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that'll drop its AC by one. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to try for the faint again. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so plus seven. It did not go well. Eleven. Okay. So when something is uh, clumsy one, doesn't that mean that, it's only, that it only lasts one turn? Or No, it's the... Like, that is the measure of the impact. So clumsy one would be... Uh, so, you know, actually, I'll read it aloud. Your movements become clumsy and inexact. Clumsy always includes a value, in this case, one. You take a status penalty equal to the condition value to dexterity-based checks and DCs, including AC, reflex, ranged attack rolls, and skill checks using acrobatics, stealth, and thievery. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, It says it lasts for four four rounds. Uh, Cool, okay. Yeah. Some conditions do go down over time on their own. Uh, Sickened and frightened go down by one, but... I think those ones are unique. All right. So I fainted. It didn't work out. Um, it was a calculated risk, and boy, am I bad at math. <laughs> All right. So, so now I'm going to dog slice it. Look at that. Natural 20. Oh, uh, that, yeah. <laughs> that is a critical hit. So let's roll some damage. All right. So uh, nat 20s are still considered crits in Pathfinder, or? A nat 20 yeah. raises the level of success. Oh, and so gotcha. if it were a success, it automatically becomes a critical success. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, it, it is possible to be doing something so difficult that a natural 20 is still a failure. Like it, you'd have to be a level one character attacking something like level 30, but it is technically possible. I do kind of like All that. Right. Actually. Uh, so yeah, it's better. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right. So 11 damage total. 11 damage total. Okay. And so with this dog slicing, uh, you manage to basically take this cockatrice at the neck and it falls over dead. And the crowd at this point is on their feet and they're cheering. There are no boos in the crowd. Everybody is ecstatic. You can hear over them, you know, crying, you know, and I was like, I knew you could do it. Um, Liar. That's fair. Job. Job. <laughs> Hurt. Need healing. I, I, I attempt to high five Luli. Like, uh, wait, come. It just nope. sort of phases through your hand. It's like, how do I time this? Yeah. And, and she's just like, you're t- t- slow. <laughs> I, am gonna, I am going to heal you. <laughs> um, sure. I so, think you need so we're out of combat. Um, so in in Pathfinder Second Edition, like medicine is a very very important skill because outside of combat, that is typically okay. how you heal yourself. Gotcha. Um, so basically, you spend ten minutes 
make a medicine check and restore, I think it's like 2d8 hit points. I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but uh, hey, Randall has an article about this, fortunately. Okay, I'll try a medicine check on you then. You both have minus one modifiers to medicine, so. Oh no. Yeah, nope. That's a three. Uh, oh, I think that hurts me, doesn't it? It it sure does, actually. <laughs> <Damn it>. uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm too busy phasing in and out of timelines. It's hard to do. This is the most goblin adventure I've ever had. Okay, so you have attempted to treat wounds. You have, uh, let's face it, you've critically failed at treating wounds. (laughs) Sounds about right. You will take 1d8 damage. Okay. (laughs) All right, Ash, roll me the 1d8 in your cursed dice tray. (sighs) <laughs> I didn't do that. Sorry, I uh, rolled it uh, on the table and it's an eight. Oh no, I'm at one hit point. Okay, just stop I, trying to help. I'm go- I just lay I'm, on the ground. I'm going to cast healing on, on <laughs> that's Tyler. A much, that's a much better idea. Um, so let's see. Uh, heal. I do the full three. Um, so if you do three, it becomes an area effect. It still only does okay. 1d8. But gotcha. So then I'll do yeah. two. I'll do a two, uh, two action one. So it's an extra eight. Very cool. Actually, is there a good uh, reason not eight. to do the three action? <laughs> that's another eight. So uh, sixteen. All right. Um, I mean, there see. is so, there is none, but it just is quicker. So yeah, yeah. So let's see. So for people coming from five e. Uh, Heal is the healing spell. It is cure wounds, uh, healing word, mass healing word, all rolled up into one spell. Yeah, it changes based on how many actions you use to to cast it. Yeah. So if you're healing some somebody, like you, you just need a lot of healing on one person, two action. The three action version is a, I think, 30 foot radius area effect centered on the caster. Yeah. So like, got to heal your entire party, three actions. Also, another thing to note is that heal can do damage to undead sure things. Can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's negative damage about, and positive damage. Yeah, just like harm can heal undead things. So that's, that's uh, good to know. Um, so can someone explain to me how heightening a spell works? I know that we don't have high access to higher level spells, but just for my own edification. So we talked a little bit about this on the casting episode. The upcasting episode? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yes. So if you have spells of multiple levels, spell slots of multiple levels, you can um, you can have a spell at a higher level. So if you have a spell repertoire, so that's like bards, sorcerers, oracles, those are spells, you know, permanently. And you can learn those spells again at multiple spell levels. Um, and then cast them at any spell level that you know. So, like, if you knew heal as a first level spell and as a second level spell, you could use it as either. And the higher level versions of spells very frequently do something more more impressive. So, heal is a great example because it just scales linearly. So, one action heal is normally one d eight. Two, and if you uh, go to second level, it's twice as much. So it's two d eight, three d eight at third level. You so, have to dedicate to. Uh one of the spells that you learn to uh to heighten a spell is that correct at every level that you want to heighten it at and so a lot mm-hmm. of spells will maybe you only get the benefit every other level and so if you really love that spell maybe you would only take it every other level it is worth saying that there's also an idea of signature spells 
And the signature spell is I take it, I can cast it at any level appropriate for me, and I don't have to repeatedly take it. But because you have a finite number of signature spells, you may occasionally be tempted to taking a spell a second time at a heightened level. Gotcha. All right. And uh, so, so to- we have a dead cockatrice. <laughs> I'm almost dead. Or sorry, I'm almost fully healed. The other one. Okay, you gave me a heart attack. I was like, 16 is you're still <laughs> <Sorry>. almost dead. <laughs> no, he's, no, he's doing great. Um <laughs> by by GM Fiat, although this isn't actually how petrification for cockatrices work, all statues uh come to life and are magically healed, and they all seem very happy. The young dwarf woman runs up to Andal in the cage and is very excited to see him, although a bit appalled at his current state, all the same. You could see love in her eyes, and that's fantastic. Uh, the people rejoice. Uh, they toss the Duke <laughs> into the pit, and then you know people swarm him, and kind of you know PG thirteen everything just disappears <laughs> off into the distance. Uh, and everybody's happy. Congratulations! Wow, we we overthrew a Duke by killing what a level one, level two monster. So level three monster, yeah. yeah. I mean, let's oh, face wow. it, it wasn't a very good Duke. But yeah, all right. Uh, hey, what happened to the unpetrified statues that were missing heads? They they just they healed. Just the heads. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. We survived Pathfinder. Woo. <laughs> Woo, indeed. All right. Uh, well, folks, thanks for so much for playing along. Hope you had a good time. Hope you learned something. And uh, yeah, Pathfinder 2 is awesome. Yeah, I like it. If you're looking to get more into it, we will put links in the show notes to help you find Pathfinder Society games around you, uh, as well as link in the show notes to get a hold of the content so that maybe your table at home could give it a go and play a Pathfinder game. Uh, should we do our normal outro? or Do you want an outro, Dan? I can do one. I'll go find it. I can't okay. remember what we do on these. <laughs> you yeah, said no, right? Yeah, he okay. said no. 